How are we doing out there? It is the golf show. Brent Gunning and Sam McKee here on Sportsnet 590. The fan always, always, always so happy to be with you here on the golf show. As always, the golf show is brought to you by your local Ontario Subaru dealers. Welcome to Uncommon Performance in a Subaru with legendary symmetrical full-time all-wheel drive. Oh boy, oh boy. It's a major week. So you know the two of us are fired up. We're going to get a wonderful weather report. We want to hear from you guys on the text line as well 590 590 please include your name and location we always want to know if you're getting out there where you teeing it we may or may not be headed to the country club at brookline and talk to a guest a little later on that's building the suspense a little later on for you but i've flapped my gums enough you've been waiting to hear from him let's hear from him he's a big morning show star now these days uh, sam mckee yeah. sammy do you have a weather report? You were complaining about how cold it was up up in the sound this morning. How are we doing on this wonderful U.S. Open Saturday? I'm doing very well, Gunner. Um, yeah, I gotta I gotta tell you, it is really really cold in Own Sound. Like not like, you know, oh it's oh it's a little chilly this morning. Like it went out there and it felt like it was October. I was like, oh my god, did I sleep through the summer? It's really cold. I think it's about <laughs> eight degrees in Own Sound right now. So. Not ideal. Uh, heading out to play some golf this afternoon with my parents and Allie, so that's going to be fun. But, uh, yeah, we got a stacked leaderboard at the U.S. Open, so I'm really fired up to talk about it. And uh, I hope things are going well with you. I'm still kind of coming down from last week. You know, it's just the second this tournament happened so quickly, I didn't really get a chance to fully bathe in that. But, yeah, uh, really happy to be doing the golf show on a Saturday morning with you, Gunner. Yeah, back-to-back majors. What's not to like, right? Uh, I mean, look, uh, you know, uh, our our boy, Adam Stanley, I'll talk to him a little later on in the station. I have a wonderful sports net today uh, coming up with my pal, George Russick, and we're, we're going to talk to Stanley. He said a lot of the Canadian players were joking about how nice it was to have a come down at a major. You know, you could still treat it like the big moment that it is, but coming off the back of that Canadian Open and how electric it was and all the fan support out there, yeah, it's got to be a, a, a different feeling week for them. You know, looking looking at the top of the leaderboard, obviously there's oh so much to get into, but I always like to just kind of get our our experiences, our our feelings about the course, especially one that, you know, hasn't been seen in you know, this is like this is like the Sasquatch of U.S. Open Rota courses here. We've we've heard about it. We've heard tale. Saw Justin Leonard bang one home at the Ryder Cup there. But it's been so long since we've seen this place. What have your what have been your takeaways? How have you felt about it as a venue through the first couple of days? Well, uh, first of all, with that Justin Leonard putt, I was setting the over under on when we got to see it on the broadcast at you know Thursday at. Uh, <laughs> 7 a.m. But it didn't take long. I forget who it was that had the putt, and then someone's like, oh, Justin, that putt looks familiar. And I'm like, oh, of course, here we go. But uh, I don't know. I, I have to say I wouldn't – like, I, I haven't fallen in love with it yet, I would say. The Southern Hills I was into right away. It just fit my eye. I don't know. There's something about it. This course to me seems like a combo between, like, Aaron Hills and St. George's. It's Ooh. weird. It's hard to explain. You know, like – they have the fescue kind of, but it's still sort of like a parklawn style. There's some blind shots. I don't know. I, I don't necessarily love it on TV as much as I've loved other courses on tour for the majors, but I'm still falling in love with it. We still haven't had the big moments yet of the weekend, so maybe it'll take some weekend moments for me to fall in love. But Southern Hills I was into right away. But, yeah, uh, it's given us an excellent leaderboard, and that's what it always comes down to, right? Like, if you have great names at the top of the, at the, top of the leaderboard at a, at a major – 
then that's probably a good course. Like we made fun of Tory, but last year was an incredible U.S. Open, and you know it gave us it gave us a good leaderboard. So that's what it ultimately comes down to. But yeah, not necessarily in love with it, Gunner. No, I think I think that's a fair point. My my biggest thing is, and obviously, you know, you enjoy a golf course. You can enjoy watching the pros play a golf course that you would have no desire to play yourself. And I want to be clear about this. I would love to play the Country Club at Brookline if someone would love to have the golf guys, but. I am not a fan of a lot of blind shots. It's something I know it is a design. I don't want to say trick. It's a design concept meant to make players feel uncomfortable. It's the same way for people with much higher handicaps than the pros. You bring a lot of water into play. That's not really in play, but it just gives them something to think about. It adds another element there. But yeah, the blind shots are something that definitely make me uncomfortable. And then in terms of as a viewer, until you're deeper in the week and you have the real familiarity with the course, even watching it, you're going... It's just a little confusing and a little hampering there. So I, I pretty much echo uh, your, your sentiments there. You look at the top of the leaderboard, Colin Morikawa. Now, look, there's still 36 holes of golf. It's a U.S. Open. There's still a, a ton of golf left to be played. But if he manages to get this done, that'll be three different majors in three different years. All he'd need to do is clip off Augusta to do the career Grand Slam in four straight years. So much golf to, to be played. But, man, I, I continue to be oh so impressed by, by Morikawa. Yeah, he feels like the type of guy that when he gets out to a lead, he's the type of guy that could, like he doesn't. I don't think he's a come from behind kind of guy because of the putting, and you know, I I just don't necessarily think that he's gonna make a big charge. But he's kind of to me, if he gets out to a lead here, that he's a guy that can kind of protect it because his he doesn't really get wild. He doesn't make massive mistakes, right? Do you know what I'm like? Do you, do you get what I'm saying here? Totally. Because. Oh, okay. You're talking, and you're—I guess you're Michael. Anyways, um, I was like, ah, did I get disconnected? But I—I I think that he's the type of guy that the way his game is—it's so solid, middle of fairway, on the green, green and regulation pars. I do feel like he's the type of guy that can protect the lead as opposed to come from behind, uh, like a like a football team with a good running game. You, mm. you can't come from behind, like a, the Tennessee Titans. He's the Tennessee Titans of of. I didn't. Ex- I bet you didn't expect that this morning, of uh, of PGA Tour. So I like Colin Morikawa's game. He's a little bit dull to me. I think he's a superstar, but he's not the most exciting guy. But I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing him in a final pair with Joel Damon, and we'll see what he can do today. I think the conditions are supposed to be really really tough. The wind's kicking back up today. Yeah, he's the least exciting guy. You know, I know I know a lot of people were kind of asking him about Kepka and what's the layoff like around the wedding, and he kind of got asked because I guess he has a, a wedding coming up, and he was like, "Don't talk to me about that. That's private." And it's like, okay, so you are a completely different guy. I just want to be a golf robot, and I, I got I got no problem with that. I mean, it's just it's it's funny in an age where these guys are so much more than that Morikawa does just kind of seem like I want to hit golf shots and that's kind of all you need to to know uh, about me you know looking elsewhere on the leaderboard obviously uh, we, we do have to talk about what happened on Thursday and I got to give him some credit uh, Adam Hadwin of course he's, he's your first whole leader there hasn't been a Canadian to do that since I can't remember the exact year but Mike Weir did it at a U.S. Open and again uh, you know we love Weir's 2009 yeah been a while since he's been in contention at one so uh, you know you know it's been a while a special thing for a Canadian you know Mac Hughes uh, had the lead or, or a share of it heading into the final round uh, last year uh, had when his round got off his second round got off to an incredibly tough start he was spinning his wheels early it looked like a guy who was really frustrated and you could have easily seen a world where he went from leading the tournament to not making it to the weekend 
and this was an ultimate battle grind around by him to keep it on the rails, get it back. He got a couple of shots back, and he is still right right in this thing. He, he's just two under, three shots back of the co-leaders. I mean, there's a million guys that are still in it because the lo- the top of the leaderboard is so, so jammed, but he's still inside. The, he's tied for 13th now with Fitzpatrick and, and Sam Burns, and, you know, I'm, I'm not sitting here predicting Adam Hadman makes a run and goes on to win this thing, but he was on the verge of not even playing this weekend after leading, and it was just a, it was a really gutsy round by him. And I got to give him some credit. 100%. And I, I didn't see his round. It was off in the morning. I was playing yesterday. I saw the afternoon wave, but I just was keeping an eye on it, obviously. And I was like, oh, he's up to, I'm like, oh, he's back to even. Like you could kind of, you thought you could kind of predict the way it was going. When things go bad, especially at a U.S. Open with these tough conditions, a lot of guys just let it go away from them. And he did the opposite, grounded back, got the two under, right in contention. Like you could pull a, um, did you see Victor Hovland? That could have happened to you. I mean, would he make six straight bogeys? He shot a 42 on the back nine of his – to shoot a 77 to miss the cut. So that's that's kind of the way it can go at these U.S. Opens. It gets a little crazy, and uh, you can't get it back because of how hard the conditions are. So a big kudos to Adam Hadwin for playing some great golf here. And in contention at the U.S. Open, two years in a row. Wasn't uh, Mac? He was in the final group at the yeah. U.S. Open last year. So Canadians playing well, and Mac made the cut as well. But uh, Connors did not, unfortunately. Yeah, and let's, let's hope that uh, Adam Hadwin doesn't uh, – man – Again, we talk about all these sliding doors moments, and no, I don't think Mackenzie Hughes was going to go on to win the U.S. Open. But if his ball, like, like he didn't, he didn't hit his ball out of bounds. It just got stuck in a tree, and they couldn't find it, and it never came down. Like, um, the things that have happened to Canadians in in this tournament specifically. Uh, so let's hope uh, nothing like that happens for for Hadwin this weekend. You know, just looking at other names, uh, a pair of them at, at four under that are certainly worth talking about. Uh, we could start with last week's winner. Uh, you could step in uh, to my office at the Church of Rory, do a little testifying, or we could talk about uh, John Rahm, uh, the defending champ. A, a little uh, not dealer's choice. You could choose here. We gotta go. We gotta go, Rory. Okay. And I. Okay, listen. Mm-hmm. He's, he's Batman. He's Batman right Testify. He's Batman right now, man. He's vengeance. <laughs> like I don't know how the hell this happened, but he. We've always we talked about it yesterday on the morning show, me and Bunkus. But he is a guy that I thought there was a long stretch of his career didn't care about golf. Like, I really do feel that he won a lot of majors really in his career, and he's a guy that, you know, went through, you can say in his personal life, had a kid, had a lot of other stuff going on. It's probably a hard job being Rory McIlroy. We saw it firsthand what the, the media demands and everything is on your back. But this has seemed to, this live thing, it's really seemed to give a chip on his shoulder and energize him, um, give him some purpose, a reason to be out there. I really think the best thing that's ever happened to Rory McIlroy is those guys jumping ship because he is playing. Buddy, when's the last time you saw Rory McIlroy hit a bad shot and just wail away on the sand, pissed off, looking like a weekend whacker out there at, on 18 that's shooting a 106? I've never seen him react like that to a shot. Have you? I couldn't remember seeing that. So I really think, and like, I'm, I, you know, I said I don't hate the live as much as other guys, but if I'm a PGA Tour guy, if I'm aligning my, my allegiances here, 
maybe I am stepping into the church of Rory because he's playing great golf right now, and I don't think it's a coincidence that he's had a fire lit under him. So there's one moment that is jumping to mind for, for Rory, but to your point, this is back in the previous window of Rory being a beast and constantly winning majors. I can't remember exactly the year this happened, but it's been a while since we were back there. Uh, this one, the, the PGA Tour used to play the Blue Monster at Doral, uh, which is owned by a certain former president, and uh, Rory oh, yeah. chucked his wedge into the water there. It's a huge course. It's it is, a huge course. It is a huge course. And, uh, okay, we will stop. No more of that. Uh, but but that, uh, that one large individual might have gifted Rory his wedge that he had someone go fish out of the pond there so but to your point this has only happened when he's in these moments of actually winning actually mattering and you know he has picked up wins in moments that we've kind of considered him lost in the wilderness but they haven't been these big wins and maybe the one in Canada or here feels like I've been what you can tell how much of the US Open broadcast they talk about Canada like it's like Istanbul they're like oh all the way in Canada it's like guys it's like a five-hour drive from from St. George's to Brookline. Like, let's let's settle down say, a little what, bit. It's like it's like what a two-hour flight. <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. It's not that far. <laughs> but I do think that you're 100 right. How can you look at it any other way? It's always a guy who we talk about it in terms of the crowd. He feeds off of that emotion, the energy. The be- the bigger and better the crowd is, and I have a little thought on this that I'll I'll pick up after this. But the bigger and better the crowd is, the better Rory is. And I think that there is something to that, that when he has more to play for, it's not money. It's not even just majors. And man, I can't believe we're saying that, that there's something that motivates a golfer more than majors. But it honestly does feel like defending the PGA Tour's honor or going against Saudi blood money, whatever way you want to look at that, it does feel like that's the thing that has galvanized Rory the, the most and he just feels like a completely different golfer than he was and and it's weird because Rory picked up a win this year before all this was happening like he had a win late in 2021 but he just feels like a completely different golfer ever since all this live stuff has kicked up uh, now one one other point I want to make about Rory for this weekend and I think that this live stuff can kind of counteract what I'm about to say but Rory has is always at his best when there is a massive crowd. He's just feeding off that, and he is the fan favorite. Or in a Ryder Cup scenario where he is the complete villain. But everything you're hearing about what's going on at Brookline this week, it's harder to get tickets. It is a much smaller, in terms of, you know, ticket-sold atmosphere. It's not as rowdy of a crowd as you might think. And I do wonder if part of that might kind of play against Rory. I think he's going to play amazing this weekend. I don't think this is a guy who's going to have a big-time letdown. But that's just something that I kind of think. You know, you look at the scenes that we saw here last week at St. George's, and it was incredible. And not to say there are going to be subdued fans sitting on their hands at the U.S. Open, but it just doesn't seem like there's as kind of rowdy of an atmosphere. So I do wonder how that'll affect him this weekend as well. I love that. I love that take. I love that perspective. And yeah, you just mentioned him putting the PGA Tour on his back. Jay Monahan better be taking Rory out for a really nice steak and lobster in Boston <laughs> because he is just doing the Lord's work right now. Just crapping all over Liv, playing the best golf he's played in years. Like, it's really, really remarkable. And I think the turning point for Rory in the uh, in the round yesterday was obviously that, which is crazy to say, was that double bogey. Yep. Was that long snaking putt that he made for double bogey. Kind of looked like the one that he hit at the Canadian Open in front of us with mm-hmm. us standing in his back pocket. <laughs> but it was for double bogey. And that would that put him to one under or did that put him to two under? That was like a really big swing one under, in yeah. the round. Because if, if that goes by and he's like flirting, you could have taken yourself out of the tournament. So it's always funny in these majors when – this is why golf is such a perfect game. 
because it's all about perception. It's all like I'm talking personally when you're playing. Mm-hmm. It's all about perception. It's all about what you can sort of uh, justify on a on a hole, right? Like Rory was in horrible trouble in that hole. Like they said in the broadcast, he was he was threatening double digits on that hole, and to leave there with just a six, that just changes your entire perception, right? Like you just feel like you're like oh, okay. I survived that. I can go backwards. And it's a horrible score, but it's just amazing what you can justify for yourself. And that happened with Rory, and then he goes out there and he, and he, and he finishes at minus four, uh, one back heading to the weekend. This is so good for golf to have him playing like this at this moment. It's really great. You mentioned Rombo, who you liked going into this weekend. Kudos to you. I'm just really, really excited for an unbelievable weekend of golf. Yeah, it's going to be an incredible weekend. We've got a loaded leaderboard, and this U.S. Open update is presented by your local Ontario Subaru dealers. Welcome to Uncommon Performance in a Subaru with legendary, symmetrical, full-time, all-wheel drive. I, 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 I want to talk about John Rahm here, and no, it's not because I, uh, I, I, was, I was liking him heading into the week. I was far from the only guy uh, to do that. And here's the other thing about me and golf majors. I always have to try not to remind myself of how much sprinkling I've done because as long as one of these hits, it's okay. But it's like, Oh yeah, I have, I have everybody. Uh, yeah. That also means you wagered too much money on guys that will not uh, end, uh, end up winning Uh quick, quickly about Rom there. I, I, yeah, go, or sorry, go ahead. Oh, I just, I didn't make one. I actually made one bet this weekend. It was a free $10 bet and I put it on max Homa. So <laughs> you okay. The only I, uh, gambling I did this I, I might have used the exact same uh, te- free ten dollar wager, and I took a, one of those weird. I took Shoffley to win without like Rory, Rom, and JT or something, something along those lines. It was like one of those weird. Other than the top dogs, uh, who's going to win bet? And uh, what? And you? Do you uh, want to yell at me for betting on Xander Shoffley in a major? Or should I just do it to myself? The X man played well yesterday. I had on one of my yeah. It's best Friday break, on the wake and rake. On the wake and rake, I had Rory to beat Xander yesterday, and they tied. Boring. Push. Boo. We don't like that at all. Yeah. You know what we do like? No. We do love heading to the country club at Brookline and talking to our buddy Daniel Rappaport. Fired up to do that. You've mentioned you guys have like a same brainwave, so maybe I'll just have to uh, have to sit this one out. Very excited uh, to talk to uh, Rappaport coming up next. As always, the golf show is brought to you by your local Ontario Subaru dealers. Welcome to Uncommon Performance in a Subaru with legendary, symmetrical, full-time, all-wheel drive. More U.S. Open talk when we continue here on the golf show on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. Sportsnet 590 The Fan. Welcome back to the golf show here on Sportsnet 590. The fam, Brent Gunning, Sam McKee. The golf show brought to you by your local Ontario Subaru dealers. Welcome to Uncommon Performance in a Subaru with legendary, symmetrical, full-time, all-wheel drive. McKee, a little more to, to talk about with the wonderful U.S. Open, the 122nd edition, in fact, being played at the Country Club at Brookline. This is something you had brought up to me, and obviously this isn't the case for all of them. A few guys who uh, who have made uh, made the ship to uh, a golf league that you may or may not uh, feel somewhat fondly about, uh, Live Golf. Hey. Uh, well, yeah. Okay, well, hold on. How do you, you know what? Let's just do that right here. Okay. Where, where are you at, bud? All your guys are over there. All, everybody, everybody you like, you like to make fun of me at the church of, at the church of Rory. I don't know what's going on over there at live, but I don't think it's anything holy. Uh, what, are, what, what's your, what's your opinion on this breakaway tour? I, first of all, my boy Bryson, sneaky, decent weekend so far. Surprise, I'm shocked. Honestly, 71, 71 makes the cut. Um, I like Bryson and that's where he's gonna be playing his golf. 
I like my boy Jason Kokrak. You know I like King Kokrak. Uh, I've seen him hit three golf shots on TV broadcast. Big fan of his as well. He missed the cut this weekend, unfortunately. I don't know. Like, I'm just not as morally opposed to it as the whole world seems to be. That's basically what I get at. Like, I just... I guess I measure it against other things that take Saudi money, like I've talked about before. You know, like, I love the EPL. Half the teams are owned by Saudi money. Like, everybody's so excited for the Montreal Grand Prix this weekend. It's like, oh, are you? It's like, oh, do you want to shame that the same way you're shaming Liv? Like, I understand understand why it's bad, but at the same time, like, there's lots of bad things in the world. It's a different option. It's a different option. I'm just interested to see how it develops. I'm not turning my nose up at it. And it's got it's on YouTube and it's no ads and it's just golf shots. I'm excited I'm somewhat excited to see how it develops. There. Yeah. Okay. I like DJ. Okay. Like, hey man, you're hey, it's you're you're allowed to do and like what what you like. I am I am all the things you said. Yes, I'm morally opposed to it. I and this is super niche, but if I can't do this on the golf show, I can't do it anywhere. This is why the PGA tour, there's this guy floating around, his name's Andy Gardner. He wants to basically take the this is this is a super layman's explanation of it so there is a little more nuance to this than i'm going to give it but effectively this guy wants to take the wgc's and turn them into formula one team style golf events and you play six seven eight of those a year and you do that within the regular pga tour schedule i'd be very happy to see that i would love to see a world where instead of rory mcelroy playing it well you know maybe if we were going back to our favorite course Golf Club du du Chapultepec, which I just absolutely butchered there. But if we were going back there, maybe I'd have more time for the WGCs. But I don't know. Would anybody be upset if the WGCs just became the PGA Tours version of the Live Series? And it's okay. Rory's a captain of this team. And Bryson's, well, I guess not him because he made the jump. But this is is why I think the PGA Tour does need to take this threat seriously and think about it. But, yeah, it's. uh, I I will say that I am uh, a little different than you. But... It is easy for me because none of my guys made the jump. Like, I like DJ. I do. Like, I, I have a fond appreciation for DJ, but he's also kind of, kind of, and I'm sure he's going to now go on to win the U.S. Open this weekend, but he's kind of done. Like, not done as in cooked. He can never win again, but he is not the number one player in the world. He's not the foremost guy that we're going to think about in this game going forward. I don't hate Bryce in the way you think everybody seems to like you. If, if you do not bow down and appreciate the church of Bryson, you've dubbed us all haters. I'm not yes. quite that way, but I don't need to see him. You know, I, if he's gone, that's fine with me. So I, I think it's, it's easy for me basically because none of my guys made the leap. So I guess, do you want to talk about how the live guys did? Yeah. Like, that, yeah we perfect ta- segue. Yeah, man. Phil's a mess. eh? Terrible. I, he hasn't looked this bad since I forget. I'm sure it was a U.S. Open because what other championship would cause you to do this? He hasn't looked this out of sorts since he was hitting a ball that was still in motion at Wingfoot. I think it was. Or was that Chambers Bay? Or Wingfoot? I don't know. Whatever I it was. Yeah. It was one of those two. I just remember the greens looking like the moon, so yeah. I thought it was Chambers Bay. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I understand that it's the last list it's the last one of the of the of the grand slam right Mm -hmm. and anytime that a guy like that puts a peg in the ground i guess he has a chance to win right we look last year last year literally last year he won a kiowa for a at the pga championship after kepka just gave it to him oh oh my (laughs) god just handed it to him on a silver platter (laughs) i don't know why the hell he played gunner his game was not in in major championship golf shape at all. He looks like hell. He's putting himself in the in a horrible position. And I uh, 
I had a text from one of our um, one of our I'll say our correspondent on the ground. Okay. And he said, I texted this person. I said, Jesus, Phil is an absolute mess, eh? <laughs> and he responded by saying, I j- just witnessed someone give him a thumbs up. <laughs> this classic Phil thumbs up. Immediately turn it into a thumbs down and tell him he sucked. <laughs> so that's just such a harsh but great move to fail. I like I don't feel He's bad. He's lucky the for... thumb didn't turn into another finger to be perfectly honest, but I don't feel bad for Phil Mickelson, obviously, like you've made your bed. But there is a part of me that has some sympathy. I don't know. He just looks like he's a lost soul. He just he looks terrible. His game like he made a couple birdies yesterday, I guess. Like yep. he didn't completely embarrass himself yesterday. I think he shot seventy two or seventy three. But God, it's just a really, really ugly scene for Phil right now. And I, I would be going away again if I was him. I would be hiding from the public eye, but he's not going to be. He's playing on the live. He's going to be out in the in the public eye more. It's just, I guess when you need the money, you need the money. But I'm a little bit depressed about what Phil Mickelson has become. I mean, I don't, I, I, to me, it just feels like he's too proud to go away. Like going 100%. away would be admitting defeat and he can't do that. And the only way to prove us wrong is to put on display how right we are. Every, every single time he, he gets out there, man, like Phil, Phil's getting stuff yelled at him. I saw a clip uh, uh, during his round on Thursday. So this is before game six of the NBA finals. Some guy is screaming at him to take the over on Al Horford, nine and a half boards. Like it's just <laughs> only, only there. I didn't are, see that. Yeah. That's incredible. Horford over nine and a half. And one of the betting sites and did Phil tweet pulls out, out. He pulls out his yardage he's book like, and okay, he writes yeah. it down. He's like, hey, Tim, his caddy. No more. That's books. a hot tip. Write that down. That's important. He's like, do you want me to? Do you want me to tell you what the wind's doing here? Who cares? We're we're eleven over. Write that down. I gotta get a gotta get a couple nugs on that. Uh, and the other live guys. I mean, he's obviously he's the poster boy for live. I, I think Bryson is going to be that guy going forward for them. But as this thing launched, it was him and DJ. And you know, Dustin Johnson, obviously one of the few guys who actually played played somewhat well uh, through the first couple of rounds. But I mean, you look at the all, m- most of the notable live guys. Kevin Na, the Gucci man, Taylor Gooch, they're both five over. See you later. They're not playing this weekend. Obviously, Phil, 11 over there. It's just, I I think that, look, guys have bad weeks at major championships all the time, although it hasn't been this way yet. The U.S. Open is meant to make good players look bad. I don't think you can look at one major and say, ah, this is proof positive. But I do think that this is another, we always talk about what are the PGA Tour's defenses against the money? Well, one is what are the masters going to say? Two, will these guys be able to get world golf ranking points so they can qualify for these majors? But the, the biggest thing for me is if guys prove that it's impossible to go and play on this tour and not be getting the constant reps of the PGA Tour and you can't win a major, you can't compete in a major, I think that's going to be the biggest death knell to the tour because these guys all want their money. They absolutely do. But they need, need, need their majors. It's one thing for Phil's and DJ's the world who are probably done winning those. Definitely for Phil, probably for DJ. But for a guy like Bryson, if if this is going to prove that only playing seven or eight events a year plus some other you know exhibitions or matches or you go to the Asian tour and play... If that proves that you're not going to be in a position to win majors, is Bryson really willing to say, I'm going to have the fattest bank account of any golfer and have one major to show for it for my entire career? It's just, it's such a tough question for those guys. Yeah, it's it's, it's really well said, Gunner. All good points. I just, I'll be watching a little bit. That's all I'll say. Um, I got a couple things for you here, Gunner. <laughs> Please. I got a couple things for you. Can we quickly give a shout out to Cameron Young's back down yesterday? Yes, yes. You texted me this. Please, please bring this up. 
Okay, so I'm just pulling it up right here. On the back nine yesterday, Cameron Young started out with a bogey on a par four. The so he went out. Uh, he did. I guess he went the back nine. Yep. Uh, sorry, the the front nine last. So he started out with a, a bogey on one, par on two uh, for three. There you go. An eight on three is a four three quad a quad. And you don't see that very often. No. Then he bogeys. Then he goes three. <laughs> One, three, four, four for a 36. That is, I mean, we always talk about Shane Bacon psychopath scorecards, but that is an incredible way to shoot one over par. I honestly, it's just, I I saw the, I saw the, them show that on the broadcast. Did Zinger have it right that that was the first ever hole in one at eight at that course? I don't, I don't know. And here's the oh, thing. Oh, sorry, at six. I never That's want right. to second guess Zinger, but Zinger strikes like, me as a guy who could play a touch Fast and loose with the facts at times. Yeah, that's what just I mean. Like, touch. buddy, we are getting a zinger show this weekend. I just, he is just on. It's like, oh, is that any good? But like, he's just on a tear. There was right a moment. Now. There was a moment yesterday where John Rom hit his ball right by the announcer's kind of tent, and they have it set up perched, so it's basically like a balcony. And Zinger just stepped away from the set. He's like, I gotta go. It was basically like, uh, it was like when Hawk Harrelson had to go check on Todd Frazier after he got hit. He's like, I gotta go see this. And you see the camera shot, and John Rahm is down there, and he's hitting his ball. The, the rough's like up to his knee, and there's Zinger just perched on the balcony. He looked like a guy on the 19th hole just having to watch. You know us. We we love us some Zinger, and I I can't wait for this weekend. So did you? Oh, it's just gonna be a Zinger fest. Did you see? After Cameron Young, who I like his game, I kind of mm-hmm. wish he had made the cut. I, I really like playing this kid. I I think he's going to be a superstar on tour. He's a great player. But did you see him and his caddy after he made the ace? Did I did not. No, I didn't. Oh no, Gunner! They would have the high five <laughs> would have made Yao Wing's family proud. They completely <laughs> whiffed, like completely whiffed, like so bad that like they whiffed and they're el- like they hit each other's elbows. It was the worst <laughs> whiff of all time. And then he went back after. And his, his caddy was like, we whiffed on that. And he put his hand out and they like gave like another crappy high five <laughs> after. But I can't imagine because people always get on Tiger and Stevie. The worst one. For, but I I defend that one to the death. I, you're I just think so I'm talking jacked. To, Buddy, that shot's ridiculous. You try to nail a high five in that moment. Like, you just don't know what you're doing with your hands. But this one was like, they both had their hands in position. You remember the tip from high school? Look at the elbow, elbow, you never miss. miss. And he just, they whiffed so bad. So I just wanted to make sure I got that in there. It was a horrible highlight. And like, listen, you made it. I think Zinger said it was the first hole in one at that hole. Like, ever. That's what he said. Maybe in U.S. Open play, that's maybe what he was getting at. That makes more sense. It was. It's he, been around since 1882. If no ever. one's throwing one in there, <laughs> Zinger dropped the ever. So these are Zinger facts. That's all I'm saying. The next thing I want to ask you is, I don't know if you have a sports oh, book. Quick, open in quickly, front of you. quickly on on bad celebrations. There was there was one other one yesterday. Scotty Scheffler hole out eagle on the lone par five on the back, and him and Ted Scott just butchered it so bad they basically just went into a hug. It was like, oh, gonna, yeah. let's just hug it out. And then a quick little story on this. I've been working Jays all weekend and me and Caleb Joseph had one of the more awkward ones. It was like, he put it up for a high five. I kind of had it down. So he went to do the like high low oh. and then I reversed back up. Oh, high. And Because no. I'm sitting in the radio booth when this happens and I was terrified that this was going to end up on the Sportsnet feed of just oh. so uh, oh. I'm very happy you uh, you brought that up so I, I could share that story here. That's 
a horrible story gutter. I, just, <laughs> I hate that. There's nothing I hate more than a bad high five, high handshake. Like I'm, I'm at the point now where if someone goes for a fist pump, I'll just put the hand out and I wait. I just wait. Like I'm not, I'm not going to the point where I'm doing the. I'll I just did wait that. Forever. I did that. Uh, man, this is so inside fan. But hey, we're we're here on Sportsnet Five Nine the fan. I did that to Roger Lajoie because I saw him scoring the game and I said, "Rog, how are you?" He gave me the fist and I'm like, "I just, I'm gonna leave this dock out here until he latches aboard." And that's exactly what happened. Go ahead. So, uh, it's a great move. High so five I talk ask, here I, on the do, golf show. Do you have a? Sports book open in front of you because there's a couple things that I was looking at for outrights at mm. this point of the tournament. That I are I can in a in an instant. So I'm looking at the the odds here, and there's some stuff where it's like I actually think there's some value. Okay. Justin Thomas right now on a certain sports book that we both like mm-hmm. is fifty to one. And oh. hmm. We know what he does on Saturdays at majors. Mm-hmm. This is always what, except for the, except for uh, at Southern Hills when he was not good on Saturday and then was good on Sunday and Mito Pereira was really bad on one hole and gave it to him a little bit. But I think there's not a lot of worlds in where you are going to get Justin Thomas at 50 to one odds heading into the weekend. And what is he, I think the leader's at five, so he's six strokes back or seven strokes back. He could easily go out there and shoot a 66, a 67, get right back in cont- into contention. And then you're looking at that on a Sunday where he's two or three strokes back and he's what, like 12 to 1, 13 mm-hmm. to 1? I just think it's an excellent opportunity to get a little piece of JT heading into the weekend at an unbelievably good number. So I just wanted to bring that to your attention. Oh, I do. I do like that a lot. And especially because I'm trying to remember, yeah, JT shot a 63 at the at the U.S. Open uh, a few years ago. And that was on a Saturday. He's wearing the great pink pants. He had this awesome putt where his back is like basically to the hole, fires it up the fringe and just lets it fall down. You know how how in the tank I am for JT, and it only got it only got added to, and we got to follow him around last week. I, I really, really, really like that. I, I I do like that a lot. And the thing is, is there are lots of players who are capable of putting good rounds together. I genuinely, we talked we talked about this after or heading into the weekend with JT. We've talked about this after the PGA Championship win. I don't know if you were going to give some guy, if you line up everybody on the PGA Tour and give them like the super soldier serum and they're going to play their absolute peak level of golf, I don't know that anybody is better than, than JT. There are days where Rory gets going and depending on the course, it's perfect for him. But I really genuinely don't know if anybody's best is better than that guy. So I, I really like that. Plus the other part of it is we've just seen him do exactly this thing at a major where it, now he did this on Sunday, but you go out and you, you play well and you just steal it from kind of coming from behind there. So I, I really, really, really like that, so, that play okay. as well. Um, and there's another, and oh, another one ahead. that yep. I had for, uh, what? Uh, Am I another one I have for you here, Gunner? Please is a guy that we both loved following at the uh, at the RBC Canadian Open. Sammy Burns mm. shot a 67 yesterday, looked really good. He's tied for 13th right now. He's three strokes back, and outside of like the big boys, you're looking at Morikawa's four to one, Rom's four and a half to one, Rory four and a half to one, Scheffler seven to one. Outside of that. He's at 20 to 1, Sam Burns, and he's three strokes back. He's been playing some excellent golf. A little bit of value there as well heading into the weekend. So those are two that I wanted just to flag because he's been playing great. So those are two little gambling things. I guess gambling Sammy's corner here, but I just wanted to bring those up to you and maybe make our listeners some money. No, I, I really like that. And it's funny, I was really high on Burns heading into this week, but 
I did the thing where everything I've seen with my eyes and the way he's played is telling me, yeah, this guy's going to go have a great week at the U.S. Open. He's going to be in contention. But it also just felt like, ah, this is the first major where he's been super circled. Like, you know, heading at the PGA, he had had some success. He had some wins, but his most recent win came after that week. And it just felt like a classic. He's been in the mix so much. Everyone's watching him let down week. And I, I love to see that I'm wrong about that, especially because I didn't wager. Uh, so so there you go. But yeah, I, uh, you you know me. I, I fell in love with uh, I was I was already he was already on my radar. I was uh, I was, you know, batting Circling. eyes at him heading into heading into the RBC Canadian Open. And then I basically followed him around for the first two days. And yeah, I am. Uh, I'm very much much in the tank uh, for for old Sammy Burns. Uh, text lines open, 590-590. Please include your name and location. There's a wonderful text I want to read in just a sec. But while we're flagging things from the U.S. Open, something happened yesterday that we have to talk about. Now, the news has come out that it was a child who did this, so this makes it a little less terrible. Somebody picked up John Rahm's ball yesterday at the U.S. Open. You're, you're out of golf. And again, look, I, now that it's a child, maybe I'm not going to scold them, but here I go, scolding the way. Cause I, I've yet, I've not been able to discern if this is like an eight year old child or a 15 year old child. Uh, so, you know, if you're 15, I'm going to scold you. If you're eight, I'm going to scold your, your parents, but you're at a golf tournament. Maybe just leave the ball on the ground alone. Like I could not believe that that happened at the U S open. I could understand it. If it's a little more of a regular tour stop and there's people who, Oh, the golf's in town this week. If you're at a U.S. Open, you are a diehard, diehard, or apparently you dragged your kid along. I cannot for the <laughs> life of me believe that somebody picked up John Rahm's ball yesterday. That's fair. I can't believe it either. So I don't have much else to say on that. Oh, I do want to say another shot that I saw on the broadcast yesterday that really warmed my heart was Bo Hostler just rip-pulling a, a shot. At, it was like a duck hook almost straight off the hospitality set tent, straight into the middle of the fairway. Uh, that's living good. Made the birdie, took advantage. So shout out, Bo. Oh, you you saying hospitality tent reminded me of another thing. Uh, we had a guy who was atop the leaderboard. He kind of came uh, back down to earth. This MJ Duffy, uh, spelt mm. like Dalfy. He's a South yeah, African. A he name. plays on the Corn Ferry Tour. I was very much sitting there going, okay, come on, let's go. Make your make your four bogeys and five holes. Let's, yeah. let's, let's get you out of the mix here. And I found myself liking this guy as I watched more and more of him. His ball ends up on the hospitality tent. He's 290 from the green. Now, there's elevation at play. It's a flyer lie because you've got that, like, astroturf there, basically. It's downwind. A flyer lie. Yeah. But It's, it's a hospitality tent, Connor. But he, <laughs> but he rips three wood, and he puts it greenside from the hospitality tent. Like, any guy in the world is taking relief there. You get, like, we've seen tons of relief get given in terms of temporary restrictions. Oh, Put yourself in a much. better spot. This guy says no. Let me rip three wood. He puts it. He clears a bunker that's just by the green. He ends up with a really nasty, you know, gnarly rough lie there. He ends up making par on on one of the par fives. But I I just have to highlight that the guy ripping three wood out of the hospitality tent and looking great. Do it doing it. Uh, it was a guy who I was sitting there waiting to fall out of the tournament. And the second he did that, I said, you know what? I'm okay. This guy can stay. I I'm a I, fan of this. I want to I want to get to our text, but God, the relief these guys get. Like, I'm going to hit a horrible shot. Here's a perfect lie looking at the green. Like, yeah. I just, the, the relief these guys get, you know, like, I'd probably strave a, a few strokes off my, my off my score, too, if I could, you know, pull it away from the trouble and put it at a nice lie. 
anyways. Yeah, right. or, if we had, or if we had 10,000 people looking for yeah. our ball and not picking it up, uh, that'd be nice. The, the, worst, the worst hole of golf for this is uh, whatever the drivable par four is at the match play in Austin, where the guys just use the grandstand at the back there as a backboard, they and they're just it blasting there. it off there. Okay, I'm chipping and putt. There we go. It's, it's a wonderful hole, that, and I understand. Look, golf's a business. You need ticket sales. I, I get it. We got to do something about that grandstand. All right. Enough of me breaking down uh, the T location or uh, pin locations at the match play at Dallas uh, during U.S. Open week. We got a wonderful text to read. Uh, you, would you like to do the honor, Sam Key? You'd like me to do it? All right. Here, here we go. Uh, as always, look, it's Father's Day. Father's Day is always special in the world of golf. U.S. Open weekend. We asked uh, people for, for their goals heading into the season. Listen to this text here. Hey, Gunner and Breezy, a few months back, you guys asked for our goals for the season. I wrote in saying I wanted to break 80 by the end of June, and I did it yesterday. I shot a 76 with my dad, who taught me how to play. After a couple beers, he said it was the best Father's Day gift he could imagine. Was there tears? You bet there was. LOL, such an awesome day. Cheers, guys. Have a great show. Andrea London. Man, what a text that I've got legit goosebumps here, uh, man. I, uh, you know, you know, I've got my own little guy that I'm turning into a golfing oh, machine yeah. here. I can only imagine uh, the, the day that happens. He's probably going to break 80 before I do, but uh, we'll, we, won't <laughs> get, we won't get to that. Uh, I love that. Look, Father's Day weekend, U.S. Open golf. It's all so intertwined. Uh, I, I just that that brings a, a, a honestly, I'm a little misty eyed uh, reading that text. That's a beautiful text, Andrea. I'm just really thrilled that you didn't put a Go Knights Go in that. She loves to do that to <laughs> piss me off. Uh, she's a frequent texter to the morning slot on Saturdays, so I really appreciate that from her. It's a beautiful thing. I'm very lucky. I'm spending the weekend with my dad up here in Owen Sound. We're going to play some golf today. Uh, probably going to watch the U.S. Open together tomorrow. So really lucky. Big shout-out to AMAC. You're the man. Happy Father's Day. And, uh, yeah, that's that. Uh, what do you, who do you like for the weekend? I, I, I said it heading into the week. He's one shot back, so I'll, I'll stick with it. I like John Rahm. Guy's right yep. there. He's not going to get flummoxed by a big moment. He has all the shots he needs. He's proven he can win this championship. Tough golf, golf courses don't scare him. And the other thing, he is not a guy who typically needs par fives to get bailed out. Guys like Rory, uh, he, he needs them, quite frankly, at times. And there's only one on each nine there. So I think that's something that's going to play as well. I like Rahm. What about you? I'm going... I'm heading to church, Gunner. Yeah. I'm heading to church. Testify. Time to testify. I'm going with Rory. This guy's got a, sh- a chip on his shoulder. He's in contention. I I just think he's really got something to prove and that he's inspired and he needs it. So give me Rory McIlroy. But the funny thing is, none of us mentioned the world number one number one golfer who is three under, two shots back heading into the weekend. Scotty Scheffler had a great round yesterday after a horrible chip that looked like me or you. So <laughs> <laughs> Scotty Scheffler, big time danger man as well, but I'm going to the church of Rory testify, baby. Love to see it. Love to hear it. And I hope I see him uh, pick it up another U.S. Open title on Sunday. Hey, wherever you are, if you're celebrating Father's Day, please, please enjoy it. Uh, McKee gave a shout out to AMAC. So happy to do that. I know he's a big listener to the golf show. So very happy uh, we're, we're on the air and very happy you got a shout out in there. As I told my wife, I'll be watching golf with my quiet toddler or watching golf by myself tomorrow. Happy Father's Day to me <laughs> and happy Father's Day to you. It's been the Golf Show. The Golf Show, as always, is brought to you by your local Ontario Subaru dealers. Welcome to Uncommon Performance in a Subaru with legendary, symmetrical, full-time, all-wheel drive. We'll be back next Saturday, but keep on listening to Sportsnet 590 The Fan.